We thought Jesus was the one. This is the refrain of the disciples. At the tomb, on the road to Emmaus, unspoken, but likely on the minds of the disciples in the reading that we just heard as they are hiding behind locked doors filled with fear. We thought Jesus was the one. But now, now he has been crucified. Now he is dead. And the disciples are, well, they're all sorts of things, confused, disappointed, searching. They, they feel guilty. In Jesus' hour of trial, they all denied him. They ran away. And now they feel lost and alone. This might be our story, too. We thought Jesus was the one. Yes, of course, we do know, as the disciples discovered, on this side of the resurrection, we know that Jesus is the one. Last week, we had a big, joyful, full Easter celebration. He is risen. And yet, still, we are not without our questions. We are not without our struggles. We have those times when we admit Well, I thought faith was supposed to feel different. We have those times when we admit, I thought life was supposed to feel different. We thought he was the one. Like the disciples, we know what it is to feel broken. We all have been broken. Maybe we're feeling it right now. We struggle with illness. We face death, the death of our bodies, the death of our dreams. We know all of the ways that we are not perfect. We know all of the ways that life on the inside doesn't match up with what we show on the outside. We are broken. But as the disciples discovered... That is not the end of the story. There is more. There is more to the story than brokenness. Because God is with you in your brokenness. Your brokenness is not God breaking you down. But rather, when we are broken, not that God is causing your brokenness, but when we are broken, God's grace is here to redeem our brokenness. God is here to turn your brokenness into a breaking open. It becomes a breaking open to see something new to be open to the depth of human existence, to be open to the reality of our lives, and to be open to the ways that God is at work to use the realities of our lives, to use the pain and the struggles and the brokenness. God redeems these, all of them, and he uses them for holy purposes like he did for Thomas. 
Now, Thomas has gotten a bad rap. What do we call him? We call him, that's right, Doubting Thomas. It's not a flattering nickname. When Jesus first appeared to his disciples in the locked room, Thomas wasn't there with them. Now, we don't know why. Was it sadness that kept him away from the community? Or disappointment or dejection? Was he out tending to some business? You know, the world says life moves on. We don't know why. Did he feel like he was a fool forever believing? But something kept Thomas away. And the rest of the disciples got something that Thomas didn't get. They got to see. That first Easter night, behind locked doors, Jesus appeared and he said, Peace be with you. To unburden their hearts, to relieve their pain, to forgive them for deserting him. Jesus grants them peace. And then, even before they can respond, Jesus shows them his hands and his side. Why does he do this? Because he knows that they need it. Jesus doesn't withhold. He gives the disciples what they need. And because he does, they believe. Well, poor old Thomas simply wants what the other disciples got. And so we shouldn't call him doubting Thomas. We should call him something like desiring Thomas or or Thomas who missed out the first time, absent Thomas, or Thomas who also wants to see. Thomas wants to see what his fellow disciples got to see. And Jesus knows this. And he appears again. And he doesn't chastise Thomas, even though it sounds like it in our English translations. The New Testament, written in Greek, reads more like a statement. It's not necessarily a question that Jesus asks Thomas. We hear it, we hear Jesus asking, have you, have you believed because you've seen? Like Jesus is saying, it is a bad thing to want to see. But it is probably more like a statement. Jesus is saying, Thomas, you have believed because you have seen. Well, blessed are those who believe who have not seen. Thomas wants to see Jesus' wounds, and so Jesus shows him. And because of it, Thomas believes. And Jesus blesses Thomas. Jesus takes Thomas's absence. He takes Thomas's longing. He takes Thomas's refusal to believe unless he saw. He takes Thomas's brokenness, and he redeems it. Not only does he redeem it, Jesus takes Thomas's brokenness and turns it into a sign of God's presence and power. Right? We don't get to see Jesus just walking around. 
And so for our sake, on our behalf, Thomas and the disciples did get to see Jesus. They got to see. And because they got to see, they believe. And then believing, they get to tell the story of what they saw and what they believe so that we may believe. That's what disciples of Jesus do. They share the good news. They share the power of the resurrection. They proclaim that new life in Christ is here. In the story of Thomas, in the story of the disciples, in the story told over and over again in the Bible, this this is the story that baptism plunges us deep into. God takes what is broken and puts it back together in ways beyond our imagination. And God does this not only in us, not only for our sake, but through us for the sake of the world. God takes what is broken and puts it back together in ways beyond our imagination. And that is what he is doing for you. Amen.